0: Uh, But like we said, saying we'll start here. Grizzlies split a pair of games since we last spoke. Lost to Minnesota. Come back, get the win against Indiana at home on Sunday in that five-game losing streak. Got to go back a couple of years. Last time they lost five in a row. Uh, We said trail by as many as 19 against Indiana. Uh, Comeback, largest comeback victory of the season. John Morant, spectacular triple-double. Jaron Jackson got a lot of shots, made a lot of shots in that game. Uh, Saying how much of a relief was it to get the win and I'm not going to sit up here and ask you if the Grizzlies have got things fixed because we know you don't fix things in one game. But how much better are you feeling about where they're at uh, now that they're
1: off that road and have got a win back underneath their uh, underneath their wing? It's it's the big deal, man. If you'd have lost this six straight game, especially losing it back at home, Indiana team is still not full strength. Uh, we would have had a really gloomy conversation today, but yeah winning that game especially like you said coming back down 19 was a necessary win Uh to come back home like you said seven games left into the all-star break uh to you still you still can you know make make heat in this next seven games you can really you know kind of gain some ground on denver and some separation between teams like you and sacramento um it's going to be a, it's going to be a nice stretch of games you got some winnable games in here you got some games that you're, you're you might not be favored in but um yeah, it was really good to come back and get that win, to look kind of like themselves again, to see John and Jaron. Uh, and every time John and Jaron have a good game at the same time, big games at the same time, all the old videos come out of when they were, you know, 19-year-olds on the team. All the, all the old stuff comes out, you know, with them when they were um, young rookies on his team, rookies and sophomore on his team. Um, so anytime you see those two guys have a big game together at the same time, it's always good. And it kind of proves that theory, man. If you've got those two-star players, you're going to be a good team. And when your two stars were stars of the night against Indiana, you saw just with just that alone with no Desmond Bain, no Steven Adams, Dylan Brooks didn't have a good game. Zaire Williams, you know, he, he was, you know, he was fine. He was decent. But just those two guys alone having two monster games was enough for you to beat an Indiana team. So that's that's one piece of optimism i definitely uh, pull for that game.
0: You know, saying I was encouraged too. And we talked to Sharon Brown, the Grizzlies B writer for the Memphis Flyer last week that, you know, at the number of shots that Jaron got in that mm-hmm. game, 19 of them. We had talked about with Steven Adams being out that maybe it could be a, you know, sort of a, a, a it would force Taylor Jenkins hand in terms of making sure mm-hmm. right, that you're getting Jaron Jackson more involved offensively. He was 19, uh, 19 shots. He takes eight of them for three, makes three of those, but uh, I'm with you, man. As long as you've got those two, you're going to be in most games, especially against mm-hmm. mediocre competition, but saying can, can we keep him involved in that way? Do you, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully, yeah. this absence of Steven Adams for whatever happened, for however long it is, three to five weeks, whatever it is, can get them in a in a flow. Saying it's like we talked about before the season, wanting to see that two-man game be- between Ja and, and Jaron. And you saw it at the beginning of that game. I know that video's out there. Jaron, first thing you did post up and Ja's throwing it into him. Maybe mm-hmm. this forces you know th- this team to have to look more to Jaron as you know, it gets them in that habit, saying of looking to him more as that second scoring option. Like, I, I yeah. you know, whether he's second or third, whether it's Bane or him, I just think you you have to get him getting fifteen to nineteen to twenty shots on a nightly yeah. basis. I think that's a formula that works with the way he's playing right yeah.
1: now. It should be regardless if if Desmond Bane's playing where he's playing well, but he's playing bad. Um, I think you should always start the game getting Jeremy. Mm-hmm. There's some things about basketball that just work man throwing it to the tall the tall guy works you know what i mean so um getting jaron going i think would be crucial to open up so many things it'll open up uh more perimeter shots open up some lanes for, for john moran as well because jaron's one of those guys that can bounce in and out can score from inside outside and uh in between you know off the dribble so um i think it's very important to get him going to get his confidence going i don't think it was a coincidence in a game where he had almost 30 points that he had five blocks as well yep um, If I think if you get him going offensively, it makes him a lot more alert on defense. I'm not sure of his foul totals uh, from last night, but you know he didn't foul out or anything. He played a lot of minutes, so uh, I think that I think those things probably go together, man. You know you'd be surprised what combinations can get a guy going. And I think starting Jaren off as the focal point of offense gets him going all throughout the game.
0: Yep, just just four fouls to your point, and that was in 38 minutes. That was the other point about that game. You saw Taylor Jenkins. Not pull John Moran out in the second half. John ja, mm-hmm. John ja played all those minutes, all twenty four, and what amounted to a forty two minute game. Jaron played thirty eight. Like you could tell, they were ready. To mm-hmm. t- was ready to get that streak over with. You yeah. know, in that in that Indiana game, they treated that game much more. You know, much more importantly than you normally would. Seeing Jai out there for the entire second half, there they were trying to end it right there. So you saw yeah. you saw how critical they thought it was to get that win, especially after trailing by nineteen. In the first half, and you seeing more of the same, uh, the lulls that you saw during that five-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. So that, that was good to see. Looking forward, before we go through the the seven games they've got coming up, five of them again at home before the All Star break. We know Portland's coming up on Wednesday. Danny Green, you know, mm-hmm. highly anticipated and addition, expected addition. You know, come this Wednesday. What's uh? I know we've asked this this question in some form or fashion, but we ri- are right up on his uh his debut. What you think? Yeah, yeah, is is your confidence high? We expect a slow work in. Should we keep expectations low to start? Uh what you thinking on Danny Green come Wednesday?
1: Um hear a lot of people getting excited about it. I'm personally excited about it to see Danny out there. I just think there's one thing that we're not that we're kind of ruling out. And a lot exactly. of fans, and media as well are, mo- are kind of ruling out. People were talking about the seven games they got left until the trade deadline and they look at Danny coming back, the rehab time the Grizzlies put into him. Uh the time that he's, you know, put the work in and seeing him come back and play, people are like, well, you know, you get to see, we're going to see what Danny Green is and he's coming back early. We don't know if this is for us or not. These seven games could be for another team to see Danny Green who may want to use him as an actual piece in a trade. I'm not saying that's something that's happening anything I'm hearing, but just because we see Danny Green playing doesn't mean that he's going to be a Grizzly after the trade deadline uh, coming up in a week or so. Um, I would love to see him be a part of this team. I want to see anybody that can – there's a line. There's a line uh, in in the half court where the baskets count for three, Jason Smith. Uh, here lately, we haven't made a lot of those shots. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that can make those. Yeah. I, I know that sounds like a fable at this point, a myth or something, but there's this guy, Danny Green. I believe he can knock some of those shots down. And if he's able to knock those down, he definitely would help this team. Um, going back to you know this five-game winning streak, One part of that streak that I think has been pretty bad is our games without Steven Adams, where he's not out there grabbing uh, offensive rebounds, covering up a lot of the messes uh, and the misses that we have uh, out there in the half court. And I think that um, a guy like Danny Green can make things a lot easier for everyone, Um, especially if he's, especially if he's uh, able to defend as well. If he can defend and knock down threes at a decent level, you're talking about a guy who could really add to this team. He's this team needs it. There's no one on this team who's shooting the ball well right now outside of Desmond Bain. And when Bain's not available, you don't have anything. And your 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 reserve wings, your Zia Williams, your John Conchar, those guys just haven't been able to answer the bell a lot this year. And I think that a guy like Danny Green, if he's able to be some version of what you saw, you know, just last year in the playoffs, he's a guy that can really add a lot to this team.
0: I'm with you on that. Are you are you uh are you still as eager to do something before yes. the deadline as you yes. were last week? Okay. I have,
1: I have zero confidence in our wings and it's really frustrating, man, because this win streak is just kind of made our fans get kind of weird because it's like, all of a sudden people are talking, Oh man, we're so ahead of ourselves. And you know, they're, they're trying to develop for the future. I'm like, man, we're fucking the best team. <laughs> we're one of the best teams in NBA, bro. Why are we talking about like this season don't count or something? Like, why are we not speaking like this is a team that can win the entire championship? And it gets, it's frustrating to see fans kind of shifting their gears midstream. If, if you're a top two, not if you're a top four team in your conference, an NBA championship should be something you're, you're striving for, something that's one of your goals that you feel like is realistic. If you're number two, and not just number two in the West, but one of the better records in the entire NBA, you should be striving for a championship. And I think that so much of what we're doing like we talked about last week when we did a uh, uh, myth we are trying to be a good team and develop at the same time. And I'm watching the game yesterday. I know it's cause Desmond Bain is out. I know it's cause John Conchar had an injury, but you're looking at uh, Jake LaRavia and David Roddy playing at the same time. They were fine. You know, they didn't really bring you a lot. We need something to show up the back of this bench. And, and, and I think it needs to happen pretty soon. And whether you're me, who's a guy who's willing to trade a Dylan Brooks to get a bigger piece or whatever, you somebody he's on the player in the starting line, but I would trade. If you're, you're talking about trading a guy like that, either something like that or something smaller, something around the edges that just sure is up your bench. I think something needs to happen, man. I, I think if you go let the dead by, deadline slide by and all you do is get Danny Green and whatever version of him, whatever version of his knee that you're getting back, Um, I think you could end up regretting that when it comes down to the playoffs when you got guys that simply aren't ready, man. And I think guys like Zaire Williams, John Conchar, even guys like, especially guys like David Roddy, just won't be ready come playoff time. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn
0: more at Marines.com. Um, seven, like we said before the All-Star break, mm-hmm. starting Wednesday, saying with Portland, then you go... Uh, One of the two-row games in that stretch is at Cleveland, a game that was super tight. Yeah, it should be. Cleveland certainly feel like they owe you after uh, Brooks gets the block there at the end of that game to win it. Then you you get Toronto, Chicago, Minnesota all at home where you've won eight in a row and you've got the best record in the league. Then you're at Boston, uh, again, another tough one. Then you've got Utah at the house before the All-Star break. So, again, Portland – at Cleveland, Toronto, Chicago, Minnesota at the house. At Boston, Utah to close it out at home. Again, five of those seven at home. What's a uh, what's fair to expect? What can can they can they can they get hot before the All Star break? Is that is that asking a lot with Steven Adams being out?
1: If you can find a way to, I think the Portland game is very winnable uh, Wednesday. I think if you can find a way to get past that Cleveland game. And then mm-hmm. you're looking at maybe a four, maybe five-game winning streak, you know, closing that out of Minnesota. It makes that Boston game look really sexy. ABC uh, game too, ABC yeah. national TV game, on a Sunday afternoon. It makes that game really sexy if you can pull off, you know, five in a row against Boston. And then, of course, you get Utah in your final game. Um, if, uh, You need to get five out of those seven, which means you're going to have to either beat uh, – um. Yeah, you need to get five out of those seven for sure, man. And, and that means you're gonna have to you gotta take care of business against Minnesota. Minnesota's beating you two games in a row. Um, you gotta you gotta take care of business against them for sure. A team that's you know one of your rivals. Five and seven would look real good out of this next seven for sure. And I think yeah. that's really realistic.
0: I think it is too, especially considering what this team has done at home, yeah. One and 3. Uh they could they could very well win all those games at home, mm-hmm. having won the eight straight that they have. They that's where I mean Memphis's role players have played better at home, and it, you know, it just It's usually a rule in the NBA, and it's certainly been the case. Uh, It's been the case for the Grizzlies, no question about it. So they'll pick back up action again uh, Wednesday against Portland. I believe that's an early tip. Yeah, 6 p.m. tip. Uh, So we'll be talking about that when we get back in here later on in the week.